There are actually hundreds of national and regional saints in Spain. And you'll find that many of them get a festival that brings their communities out into the streets to celebrate. To explain the role of saints in the culture of Spain, we're joined now by tour guides Jorge Roman from Madrid and Francisco Claria from Pamplona. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. So Spain is a Catholic country, and, and the church is a huge part of the political and spiritual past. To what extent is the Catholic Church still a big part of Spanish society today? It is. I mean, now the um, government that we have now is very conservative, and they relate uh, political issues with the church. No, everybody's happy about that, but it's still part of it. And also, the most of the celebrations in Spain, national holidays, they are related to saints. Related in to Spain. saints. Yeah. Names, too. I think a lot of people... How, do, how does the naming of children work compared to the uh, Catholic faith? I mean, you're Jorge, you're Francisco. Did yeah. that, did that have anything to do with your parents' passion for saints? Well, in my case, it's, my name is Francis Xavier. Because, well, your middle name is Xavier. Yeah, because some Francis Xavier was born in my town. So, <laughs> And he was the first <laughs> Jesuit, right? He was one of the seven founders of the Jesuits, yep. Okay. The main Jesuit is Ignatius, which is a very common name. Ignatius and Francisco Xavier, that's a, a common name where you come from, yes. Pamplona. Mm-hmm. And Jorge? <laughs> Actually, my name is the equivalent to English to George. George. And is the only saint in the Catholic Church that actually wasn't a saint. How so? He was a warrior that killed a dragon. St. George, George was killing the dragon. Yeah, and it wasn't a saint, actually. But uh, <laughs> So there, there are a lot of festivals when you travel in Spain, oh, yeah. and almost all of them seem to be related to the church. Mm. Talk about a couple of the, the great festivals and the saints' days that are important in your life and in your travels, oh. uh, Francisco. I am from Pamplona, the city of the running of the bulls, and what we celebrate is the death of St. Fermin. So it's a huge, huge celebration that week. It starts July 6th and it ends July 14th. St. Fermin, and I, you wouldn't even know who St. Fermin is unless you went to the running of the bulls in Pamplona. All the people that come to Pamplona, they don't even know who he is. That's and right, because everybody wears the red uh, kerchief yes. around their neck. And when people go to the running of the bulls, they wear this red neckerchief. Yeah. I what, was, is, what is the symbolism? Okay, you have to think that Pamplona, we're only 200,000 people. And in that week, we welcome one million people, okay? And everybody's wearing white and red. And nobody knows why. It's like, excuse me, come on, you can do better. So you go, excuse me, I'm a tour guide. I want to explain to you why you're wearing this red handkerchief around And the reason is that San Fermin was the first person that was baptized in Pamplona, and they cut his head for that reason. So what we represent, the white outfit represents the holiness, and the red bandana is the blood coming out of his neck. So he was an early Christian in Pamplona who Mm -hmm. was beheaded. Yes, he was beheaded. We say that he was beheaded in Pamplona, although history tells us that he was beheaded in France. Okay, but hey... Who's counting? It's the fourth century. (laughs) Jorge, from Madrid, what festivals would uh, impact a traveler that we should know about? Quite in Madrid, not many, I should say, but there is one very close, which is Toledo. Mm -hmm. It's the Corpus Christi. Ah. That is the big day there in... uh, Corpus Christi. In Toledo. And that's the... the, Corp- the body, the body of Christ. That's correct. Yeah, right. and that's the big day in Toledo, and they do bring some things out of the cathedral and they parade around, and it's part of the. It could be the equivalent of the religious belt in Spain, like you have here in the states. Okay. And um, they are very conservative in there. But okay, so also, that's interesting because in the United States uh, we've got a, a region called the Bible Belt. Yeah. In Spain, is there a region that would be the Bible Belt? Yeah, it could be the Toledo, could be one of them. And mm-hmm. if you go around, let's say, like half moon shape from Madrid to the west. 
from Madrid to the west. That means Toledo, Avila, Salamanca, that part. Francisco, Burgos. you're frowning. What do you? Uh, what <laughs> is your is a, image of Spain in, in the Spain, Bible Belt? You, we have to think that we had the Muslim heritage, uh-huh. yeah. and all this Muslim heritage started to come down of it from the north down, thanks okay. to the Camino de Santiago, San James Path. That's right, because just for the historic context, the Muslims came in and took over Spain and Portugal, and from the 8th century until 1492, Mm -hmm. a good part of Spain was ruled by Muslim uh, overlords. And then for centuries, there was the Reconquista, the reconquering. So finally, in 1492, the last Muslim was pushed out of Granada and back into Africa. Mm -hmm. But I always make the difference that the Camino de Santiago, okay, the origin was by the coast, and it was the beginning of the Spanish Reconquest. So this is the Camino of Santiago. This is the big pilgrimage trail that cuts across from France all the way across north Spain there to the major go. city in the northwest of Spain, Santiago de Compostela. There we go. And uh, how, what's the historical roots for this pilgrimage? So, because thousands and thousands of people make this hike. Yeah, they still do it. People at the beginning, they did it by the coast. So those kingdoms, those ancient kingdoms there, they realized that, that wherever the Camino was going, there were no Muslims. So th- they decided to push it south and south and south and south until the Camino we know today. So I am from the north. In the north, we barely have any Muslim heritage. We were more Christianized much, much, much time before. But if you go down to Andalusia, oh, yeah. there you find uh, churches generally built upon a mosque. Correct. And the yeah. mosque was built upon a church that mm-hmm. they destroyed. If you ever go to Sevilla and you see the magnificent tower of the, of the cathedral, that tower actually was the minaret of the old mosque. So there's this layering of history. And what's very poignant to me is we hear about people being beheaded today in this struggle of, you know, fanatic Islam and Christians and so on. But if you go to a church in southern Spain, it's very common to see a man on a horse with a big sword cutting off the heads of Muslims. And at the feet of the horse, there's six or eight heads of beheaded Muslims. That's correct. Who's this man? Okay, that is St. James. St. James will represent him three ways, as a bishop, as a pilgrim, as a Morse slayer. The Moor Slayer. So yes. his, his nickname was St. James the Moor Slayer, the Moor Killer. Well, and to, the Moors were the Muslims. Yeah, the Moors were the Muslims. And today is politically incorrect, so we're beginning to cover those heads on the floor. Seriously? Yeah. So some of those old statues and paintings are, are getting... Uh, well, we put of... the flowers well enough, so you hide them. So you hide them. <laughs> so you see a guy on top of a white horse with a sword. But <laughs> so. every time a Christian is just so disgusted by a Muslim fanatic that cut off one of his people's heads, we've got to remember this is nothing I mean, new in history. Uh, come on, we're Spanish, and I consider myself Catholic. Uh, we've been the worst ever. I mean, we've Inquisition, the Reconquist, uh, we have expelled the Jews. I mean, with the excuse of religion, we've done so much bad. That's right. So, the Inquisition is a, sort of a, the gift of Spain to the rest of Europe. What a gift. <laughs> yeah. What, <laughs> what a, a poisoned gift. Mm-hmm. Jorge, how would you describe the uh, the Inquisition? You see the palace, don't you, out at uh, El Escorial? That's right. That's correct. Yeah. What does the Inquisition mean to, to church history? Um, it's a sad episode. I mean, this is my personal opinion. It's a very sad I mean, it was a gift, as Francisco was saying. But uh, it's a very, very sad history. And every time I talk to them, to my travelers, about the Inquisition, you know, it started with the Catholic monarchs, you know, and then it kept going on. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Jorge Roman and Francisco Gloria about saints in Spain. Jorge, when we travel around Spain, a lot of the saints we encounter are patron saints of mm-hmm. different cities. That's right. Give me a few examples of that. Well, James from Santiago de Compostela. Mm-hmm. We also have Pilar which is a lady's name, by the Virgin of Pilar, that mm-hmm. is Zaragoza. They have a basilica in there. Mm-hmm. Zaragoza is halfway from Madrid to Barcelona. 
we got St. Teresa in Avila. In Avila, Santa Teresa of Jesus. Yeah, that's right. And there's beautiful convent-made cookies and cakes that you experience. It's called Yemas. Actually, they are egg yolks with a lot of sugar. And it's called Yemas from Santa Teresa. Jorge, when I'm in Sevilla, it seems like every neighborhood has its favorite Mary and uh, Virgin Mary. And during Holy Week, everybody takes their statues of Mary out in the streets and parades. What are some insights for travelers to Sevilla during Easter time? You have a blast if you're there on Easter and you are on the Good Friday and you will see the Virgin of the Hope, Virgen de la Esperanza. That's Esperanza, the Virgin the, de la Esperanza. Esperanza, that she's nicknamed Macarena because it's in the Macarena district in the north of the city. So we know the Macarena song, which was kind of <sighs> went, went viral. Is that from yeah. the same... Same is that the same word or what? Where does it's, that come? It's just a name. Macarena is a name very popular, especially in Sevilla, because uh-huh. of devotion to this virgin. You know, okay. so there's many ladies in. So in there's Sevilla. actually a church dedicated to the Virgin della Macarena. Yeah. actually, there is a beautiful church in there, and where you can see the statue of, of the Virgin, and also they have a museum on the side, mm-hmm. a side wing, where you can see the um, big thrones that they are already mm-hmm. ornated. To this per- is the to Virgin parade. with the crystal teardrops. Correct. I find that to be one of the most. Impactful and Mm. emotional and and just emotional statues anywhere in Europe. And then a couple times a year, they'll actually take her out and walk through the town. Mm -hmm. They do take him, I think it's the early winter, and Mm -hmm. by all means, in Good Friday, Mm -hmm. which is the the Virgin Mary. But you can see the Virgin della Macarena any time of year if you go to that church in Every day. Every Every day day. you can go. Yeah, they're open. Francisco Gloria, you live up in Basque Country. Mm. Does Basque Country have the same passion for saints? And, and what is one saint we should know about when we visit your corner of Spain? We're a little bit more austere and we don't have this drama, this flamenco drama. We love our saints. And the most important one could be San Ignatius, the founder of the Jesuits. He's, so, so this is a, a political personality, really, a religious leader, and he became a saint? Yes, he became a saint. He was a soldier, great leader, and he helped the Catholic kings. And then life of God enlightened him, and he became a saint, well, a, a priest. Where, where would we go and what would we see to remember uh, St. Ignatius? You Ignatius? have to go to his hometown, which is called Loyola. Here in the United States, you have the Loyola University. Oh, yeah. And it happens to be Jesuit, of course. So uh, you get to see his hometown and the church of Basilic. It's beautiful. It's uh, very, very close to Bilbao. It's a little side so trip. So a lot of us will go to Bilbao when we visit this uh, Spanish part of Basque Country. And near Bilbao is the town of Loyola. Mm-hmm. And if you want to make your pilgrimage to St. Ignatius, that's what you have to do. Any good Jesuit? Well, we get all of these Jesuits going to Pamplona because he was wounded there, to Loyola, to Barcelona because he left his sword. To so the, the, the footsteps of Ignatius itinerary. Well, this is <laughs> an Ignatius route. <laughs> the Ignatius route. All right. There's so many ways to incorporate all of this uh, rich Catholic heritage into your sightseeing in Spain. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been discussing the importance of saints in Spain, and we've been joined by Jorge Roman and Francisco Claria. Jorge, Francisco, gracias. Thank you. Each year, Rick Steves tour guides take thousands of free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through Europe, one small group at a time. This year, you can choose from more than 40 different vacations in Europe's best destinations, from Ireland to Greece, and practically everywhere in between. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com.